Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany, and with me is my great friend, Joshua Fowler. This podcast is a podcast part of the Ministry League Network of Podcasts and brought to you by Holly Hill Church of Christ and Goodwood Church of Christ. We're glad you're here. Good Morning, afternoon. Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get better at that. I never know who's going to fire up first. I know, right? Um, <laughs> I feel like you need to say good morning first, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to figure it out. We, we don't hey, in, have these things planned. In a couple of weeks, I can say good morning, and you can say good morning, because it won't be afternoon for you, because you'll be in a new time zone. You're right. So. And, I, and I'll be like, I am so excited about being on Central Time. Because Eastern Time, no offense to my Eastern Time folk and my peeps, but Eastern Time is awful. It's terrible. And, uh, I mean, it's better than, what is it? Uh, I mean, it's better than Pacific Time, I'll tell you that much. But Eastern Time is terrible. Everything's later. Everything opens up. So it's, it's later in the day for, like, my brain. And everything opens up later. There are places that are like, yeah, we don't open till 10. I'm like, I've been up for four hours. We should be up by now. Now, I've not really been up for four hours every day. Six o'clock's pretty early. But <laughs> news at 11. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there's no 10 o'clock news on Channel 10. You know. <laughs> well, it's even harder. It's even harder when you're just barely in the Eastern time zone as well. Yes, and we you are know, barely because, in Eastern. Yeah, because it kind of throws everything off being right there. Um, yeah, I can't imagine being on one of the coasts. Uh, we have like we have a class that I'm in through uh, through Harbinger Seminary, and the class is just about perfect for me on Monday night. It's six to nine, uh, but there are a couple of people who are in California who are taking that. And I'm like, dude, that's a that's at four o'clock in the afternoon. That would be a horrible time to be to have to go to you know a class on a Monday evening. Um, so yeah, I can't. That'd be what four to seven, right? Yeah, four, four to, to seven. Yeah, it's awful. Don't mind yeah. me. I'm eating, right? I'm. I mean, I'm gonna eat in the middle of class. Right. So yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy the way time zones work, right? Um, it is. So, it is. In a week, I will tell you, welcome to paradise, the central time zone, <laughs> where every the whole world revolves around uh, United States central time, right? Probably not. Probably not, but it's okay. But uh, it should, because uh, that's where I live. Ab- I, I'll agree with that. And uh, it, I'm excited because, so basically, and uh, let's see, today is Thursday, so is it nine days, if you count, if you don't count today? Because you got seven, eight, yeah, nine days I will be arriving at my new home. And uh, I should say I, we, will be arriving at our new home. <laughs> and uh, I'm super excited. No. No, uh, I will good. tell on myself that we were signing up for a cookout. Uh, Holly Hill is doing a little fa- farewell Germany little get-together. Uh, I call it, yay, the Wicked Witch is Dead party, and uh, I'm just kidding. 
But um, I signed us up and only put Germany's two, and uh, just didn't even think about it. And then later I was like, oh, oh, there's three of us. But Kason's not eating hot dogs or hamburgers, so it's okay. You not know. <laughs> but oh my goodness! And speaking of hot dogs and hamburgers, I gotta ask you a question: How okay. many hot dogs could can you eat in one sitting? How many hot dogs can I eat, or do I eat? No, 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 no. Can. <laughs> um. The most I have ever eaten at one cookout is, I think, 17. Oh, my goodness. That was over the span of a couple of hours. Um, if we would have... Uh, <coughs> we were at a... I mean, I'm trying to think of where it was. Uh, I think it was for, like, a camp, church camp. Uh, kind of a welcome... And this was, this has been, you know, 20 years ago. I was just out of high school. And I had been eating, and someone said, dude, how many hot dogs? I said, I don't know, like seven? And so then it became a contest. But by then, I had also had like a burger and some chips, and I had drank some stuff. And I was like, well, that's not fair. If I didn't know this was a contest, I would have prepared myself a little better and not eaten anything else. But um, 17 was what I got to. Yeah, I don't know if I could do more than two or th- I mean more than three or four. Uh, now that's because I'm eating the you know all the other sides and fixings, right? And but but it sometimes it's hard to cut yourself off when something tastes good. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I I didn't even want to show up for this podcast today when I saw the title of it. Moderation. I'm kind of <laughs> out on that. That's kind of um, you know what I'm thinking because I've shared this story before. With me and milkshakes. I have the perfect milkshake recipe, but it makes two. And you can't waste, you can't just put a milkshake in a freezer, it freezes. And you can't put it in the refrigerator because it melts. And Catherine doesn't like it, so I drink two milkshakes. You know, makes sense to me. It's reasonable. Yeah, It's reasonable. reasonable. But <laughs> moderation's so hard. And, and, and not just eating, but in... Everything, whether it's uh, fill in the blank for any really addiction, you know, since we're talking about really overcoming addictions and how that applies to what the world's offering you. Last week, we talked about what the world always tells you. You can have more. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, why settle for a snack size candy bar when I can have the king size candy bar? And the world tells me I can have a bigger one and I want it. Yeah, this is this is an issue for me in all things. Yes. Um, for anyone familiar with the Enneagram, uh, I'm an Enneagram 8, but I have a very, very pronounced and strong 7 wing. <laughs> um, and if, you know, the motto of the 7s, the Enneagram 7s is, if some is good, more is better. And it doesn't matter what it is, um, you know, it can be an activity, uh, you know, if, for instance, I am a uh, official, a sports official for the high schools here in my spare time, I guess you call it spare time, uh, in my alternate time. And so, you know, most people would say, hey, 
what sport do you do? You know what sport I do? Yes. <laughs> All the sports. I don't do volleyball, <coughs> but I'm really considering getting into volleyball because it's um, it's an easy way to make a little extra money. It's it's easy job, and it runs with football season, so you can work in the uh, kind of the downtime of, of the football season. Uh, but I, you know, high school football, high school baseball. I'm getting into high school softball. Um, as soon as Heather's done with nursing school, I'll be in the high school basketball as well. I do, you know, recreational basketball. You know, so it's like, give me, give me more. And when I'm in that season, you know, it is hard for me to turn down games because I really enjoy it. And so, yeah, definitely, Bruce. Volleyball is definitely more low key. Um, and so you kind of have that break for a moment. But it's until, like, yeah, until give the moms show up. I mean, and, <laughs> and oh my goodness, some of them are. Woo! I've been to some volleyball games and, uh, oh man. It can get intense, right? It can get intense. So it's just, if some is good, more is better. Yeah. And and that's true with milkshakes. It's true with activities. Um, It is true with work. Uh, It is true with with anything that is good. If some is good, more is better. And if more is better, even more is even better. Yeah. And I have a, a very now we have different personalities. I'm a three with the with the wing two, but that but for me I have a very addictive personality mm-hmm. where if I enjoy something, I'm going to do it until I burn myself out. And uh, so and and that's also part of my my ADD that I have where I'll hop from hobby to hobby, but when I have a hobby. It can absolutely, completely consumes me. And I can't sl- – yeah, butterscotch – oh, I like butterscotch stuff too now, Bruce. You, you, we, gotta, we can't pop this stuff up, Bruce. you got to be careful. So – but the bad thing is is a lot of hobbies, are, you know, just like any good hobby that's worth doing can be expensive because you can always have more stuff. Well, for me is – I. I don't want to build up over time. I want it all now. Yeah. And because if I do more now, I can do it better. I can do it more. I can do it longer. And I can be. I can learn it faster. So this moderation is something that I have to work on. Uh, you know, when I was, you know, whether it's painting miniatures or whether it's photography or whether it's just anything, I'm either all in or all out. And then all of a sudden it's well I have to I have to do it all. And that's not healthy, but that's also really not biblical, which we'll get to in a second. But as we're we're trying to link this to how to walk in the way of the cross. And and, and I've been thinking about this since we, you know, settled on this this topic matter and since last week when we talked about contentment, how moderation and contentment do go hand in hand. In some regards, and we'll get to where we don't need to be, we don't need to practice moderation, but we'll get to that in a second. But last week, you had a really good definition for contentment, and I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm going blank. I just remember being like, (laughs) oh, it was so brilliant, and so brilliant that I didn't write it down because, well, I forgot. But I believe we, we mentioned it, there was a difference between contentment and laziness and how contentment was... Help me out here. <laughs> I, 
I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it. You know, some oh, of those no. things come. Some of those things come in the moment, and right, <laughs> um, they they neither really <coughs> register or come in. Um, I'll just say, you know, contentment when, especially when you look at Paul, when Paul yeah. talks about what it is to be content. Uh, I, he says, "I've learned what it is to be content." Uh, whether I have plenty or whether I'm in need, yeah. whether I am free, whether I'm in prison, um, with in, in good times and in bad, it, it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes we think, well, if I could just get to this point in my life, I could be content. But the truth is, and we talked about this in our Bible class last night, um, you may have $100 million, but it is still difficult to be content with $100 million. For those of us who don't have that kind of capital, we think, oh, yeah, well, if I had that kind of money, I could be content. It's like, no, because there's a reason you got to that point in your life. And that pursuit will continue, whether you have $100 or $100 million, um, Contentment is something that you have to strive for. And you can learn to be content in plenty and in need. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, it just screams Solomon to me. And, and I think of Solomon and I think mm-hmm. of the lottery and what those two have in common. I'll explain. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so Solomon talked about his pursuit for really trying to find happiness and or meaning in life. And he said, and he was the, what we could say he was the wisest man to live, but also God blessed him. And he was the richest man. And from my understanding and from my interpretation, he's the richest man that's ever lived. And we could say, oh, there's a lot of trillion, you know, a lot of people that are really, really wealthy today. Yeah, but go back and read what Solomon had and how much wealth that was mm-hmm. and what it, it, the equivalent of it today is. He, he's the richest man to ever live. And he said, I strive for happiness and getting more stuff. And I never got it. I didn't find completeness. I didn't find meaning in life. And then I think of winners of jackpot lotteries who win millions of dollars dollars and oftentimes not to stereotype or to put people in classes but they're of your poorer social economic social class and they're just of your poorer culture poor citizens who win these jackpots because they're the ones who are more apt to play those and to invent and to i guess buy all those tickets and then you see where they are a year two years five years later and they're broke again and you ask the question, what happened? You won like $5 million. Where'd it go? Well, because they thought, oh, now I can have happiness because now I can buy whatever I want. And then they learned the, and well, they didn't learn the lesson, but they become like a life illustration for us that it really doesn't matter what you have. If you don't have God and you're not content, you can try to buy happiness. It's not going to work. You know, I yeah. can't so buy me think, love is what the Beatles said, right? <laughs> but it, it can buy me a boat, right? <laughs> and I love boats and I love fishing. So same thing, right? Apparently you've not heard that song, huh? I, I'm it can just, buy me a boat. Come on, man. Is it country? Where, yes, of course I don't do country. <laughs> you should. You should. Says, I know what Remember, they say. all in or all out, Josh. <laughs> I know what they say. Money can't buy everything, but it can buy me a boat. <laughs> um, 
And moderation, I think, I think moderation is something we pursue. I think it's something that we work on. And I think the reason moderation is such a fleeting pursuit um, is because it's not really something you can develop. Um, you look at the fruits of the Spirit. Okay. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we spend a lifetime trying to work on the fruit of the Spirit. Um, there is an issue with that, though, because, you know, if a tree isn't growing fruit, what do we work on? Do you work on the fruit? Do you work on the leaves? Do you work on the branches? No, a tree is not producing fruit because there's something wrong at the core. There's something wrong at the root um, of, of the plant. And so, you know, we can spend so much time, look, I need to be more patient. I need to be more loving. I need to be more kind. And it's a fleeting endeavor because what really needs to change is something at my core. That there is something wrong in my spirit that my life is not producing this fruit. And so when you talk about moderation and contentment, um, we don't work on moderation. We have to work at being content and recognizing our value in the midst of whatever situation we are in. And when we recognize what it is that's going on and we learn to be content, um, I think moderation is just a fruit of that contentment yeah. because we aren't working. We aren't looking and seeking overindulgence because we already have our fulfillment. We already have our value. We already have our identity and we're not seeking that in something else. Our identity mm-hmm. is found in being content in Christ in pursuing righteousness. So no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I think of moderation also not just apply to things that we consume or things that we maybe Mm, spend time doing, you know, whether, you know, so we've been really, we've talked a lot of examples with doing hobbies, watching TV, eating, but there's a passage in Philippians where Paul says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Sometimes we struggle with the, the attention we get. So we do things to gather more status. Mm-hmm. And we become less reasonable, or we want to prove ourselves right. Are we in our pursuit of being right all the time to the detriment of understanding people's perspectives? Can be an addiction of I will have to be right all the time, and now I'm no longer reasonable, and I can't mm-hmm. discuss things with people, and then we actually end up. <laughs> losing influence while we're trying to actually pursue the the dream of having the most influence ever and <laughs> we work against ourselves a lot of times well i see that in fact i was just talking to a friend of mine um you know they're getting ready to hire a minister and they say what do you think about you know person x and so we had a little conversation and their response was Do, is this person arrogant? And I said, well, I said, let me share something with you. As a minister, I am always fighting against arrogance and ego. Because let's be honest, 
for someone to believe that they have something unique and valuable that needs to be said 52, 104, 156 times a year plus, for me to believe that I have to get up there and, and say this and you, I have something that you need to hear, in order for me to have the confidence to do that, there is an ego that comes along with that. The challenge is how do I take that ego and that arrogance and channel it into a life of humble service to the kingdom yeah. uh, while still capitalizing on that confidence that God has given me to do the job that he set before me. Um, and it comes in understanding Look, I have seen people in, in this world we're living in where everything is online and I can see everything everybody else is doing. It is so hard for me not to compare myself to the next guy. Like, how come I have so many hundred views and he has so many thousand views? How come I have, like, my same 50 people that watch that watch our thing every Sunday, but this guy, and I'm so much better preacher than this guy, but he has, like, a thousand people watching live and 50,000 people watching after. And I know those stats, and I'm looking at them thinking, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, God's saying, look, some people are blessed with that. Some people are blessed with less. But you need to be content in the lot in life that you have. And there are people you are serving. There are people that you are called to witness to and testify to. Um, and learning to be content in that space. Not compare my influence to someone else's. Not comparing my following to someone else's. Not comparing my social media presence to someone else's. Um, not comparing my house to someone else's. But learning to be content keeps us in that place because that's where I find my identity. That's where I find my value. That's where I find my place of fulfillment. Um, at First Timothy chapter six is where we were at uh, uh, last night when we were talking. You know, and he tells Timothy, "He's like, look, godliness with contentment is where you will find your value and your fulfillment." Mm -hmm. um, and if we can learn to be content. Um, Moderation is just a fruit of that. Moderation Absolutely. comes because you've already found that fulfillment. Absolutely. Now, now uh, switching gears just a little bit, uh, I think we can all agree moderation is a good thing. Uh, however, I know you've heard this, I've heard this, the, the phrase moderation in all things, right? Moderation with everything can hurt you. And now there's there's some things that, well... Uh, yes, moderation just a little bit can actually be hurtful, and uh, we could talk about a list of all we want, but one thing that I wanted to share to kind of discuss this is something that popped in my head when, man, I read this, I forget how many years ago, but the screw tape letters. If, if those who are listening, if you haven't read the screw tape letters, mm -hmm. uh, I highly recommend them. Uh, originally written in 1942, and, and here's a quote from this. And uh, basically, the screw tape letters, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's like uh, a back and forth between, uh, was it Wormtail? Uh, Wormwood? Help me. Wormwood. Yeah, Wormtail's something different. Um, Wormwood, who's like a, a nephew of this demon who they're all working for, our Lord below, uh, being Satan. And... and Here's this, this back-and-forth entry, and he's really mentoring his younger nephew who has an assignment to, or I guess, tempt 
and to mess up a a Christian's life or a a, a believer's life. And it, and I came across this quote that says, "Talk to him about moderation in all things. If you can once get him to the point of thinking that religion is all very well up to a point, then he can feel quite happy about his soul. A moderated religion." is as good for us as no religion at all and more amusing and i like that last part because to to the enemy it's amusing it's humorous it's absurd when someone says what a moderated religion is as good i could have too much jesus uh i've and i got to be careful when i share this but i'm going to do it anyway I've been in meetings when people have said that there's too much Bible study going on and, and our kids have enough Bible the rest of the week. And, my, and I just think of this quote and my head explodes because we need to be, this, this is who we are. And um, any thoughts, Josh, before I say something I shouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, you know, culture says in all things moderation um, that's it's telling number one um, because even a backwards culture recognizing that too much of a good thing can be bad and bad for you um, but the Bible never says moderation in all things um, moderation um, even in, in worldly things is I have often said to myself, I want my kids to be balanced. I want my kids to grow up experiencing all the things. And, well, if we're going to experience something, moderation is a fruit of contentment. But if we buy into this lie of moderation in all things makes us better, um, what that does is leads us to a point where, as you kind of led into, um, we've become moderately spiritual. And we've said, you know, godliness and righteousness and church is going to be one of the things that makes up my identity as a, as a person. Um, and you know, when you, when you really read through and listen to Jesus's teachings, that's just not really consistent with, you know, that call. When we go into this kind of spiritual moderation I think we find ourselves in that place of lukewarm Christianity mm -hmm. um, we we find ourselves in this place where we say you know what um, I have this I have this I have this in my life I am pursuing a higher place in my business I always want a bigger house I want a newer car I want a better bank account I need my 401k to be um, you know more more able to protect me. My life insurance is always increasing. Um, God? Yeah, I've got a lot of God in my life. And I'm actually pretty good with the level of God in my life. And we're just going to stay right there. And we stop pursuing the thing that defines us. Um, and I think, you know, Aaron has, has oh, some yeah. good things yeah. to say here oh, when he awesome. says, we mix moderation with what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful or beneficial. Um, and I think we try to kind of wrap all things in. 
You know, but over and over again, Jesus says, look, you're going to pursue me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if you are first seeking God and his righteousness, then the other things that come in, in Louisiana, we just say, that's just lanyap. Mm-hmm. That's extra. That's bonus. And the things that you need will be folded in with that. So um, I think we have to really... Um, moderation helps us get to a point where we aren't indulgent. But I think our inability to moderately partake in things, we have to understand as an indication that our focus is being pursued in something that isn't natural. Um, we're designed to find our um, identity, our fulfillment in Christ and in the spiritual things. And when we are seeking that fulfillment in physical things, we will never be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is why it is such a difficult thing for me to speak on in myself because I recognize the lack of moderation in so many areas of my life. Um, and I know that that means there is something spiritually in me that needs to be molded and shaped a little better. That I've stopped pursuing God in, in certain aspects of my life. And so I'm missing that fulfillment and I'm trying to find it in other places. Um, and that's, uh, that's challenging. Uh, it really is. It is. And, and I something that has been helpful for me uh, for things that, that are a, a, a CAE, that, excuse me, that are challenging is really the, that need for accountability, that need to have someone walk with you. Now, let me be very careful because sometimes we do make the mistake of not saying two people who are struggling can't help each other out. But sometimes your accountability needs to be someone who's been there and already beat it. Uh, that needs to be present in your life as well as people who are currently struggling. But if you just surround yourself with people who are currently struggling, that can be helpful. Don't misunderstand me. But I've, But you really also need that person there who can be that rock. Because there's going to be times when if there's just two or three of you who are both struggling, there's going to be days when all three of you are struggling on the same day. <laughs> then what? Yeah. And, and, and so, again, there needs to be some, some thought there, but, but I really want to stress the importance and really the need. God gave us each other for that very reason, to help each other, to walk with each other. You know, Ecclesiastes talks about the cord of three, you know, threefold cord is, is, you know, will not be broken. And, and I think that's very, very important. Um, yeah, and I deleted the, the self-control I because I think self-control is a whole another conversation because moderation is more about contentment than it is about self-control. I can um, get on board with that. When I am content, I am self-controlled. Um, yeah. You know, I don't have that pursuit. Uh, I think um, accountability, like there are some things, there are some times where I need accountability um, because of a temptation, mm-hmm. right? And I've had, I have a, have a couple of friends in Oklahoma City that, you know, we would go to the gym every night together. And, um, you know, I shared with them some things that were um, blatant temptations for me in my work life at the time. 
And what I needed was I needed someone to know that that temptation was present so that when I saw them on Sunday when we were at the cookout, when we were at the baseball game, and they said, hey, man, how are you doing? Um, fine, I'm good. And they would stop and they would say, no, how are you doing? It's like he knows. Like he knows what's going on in my life. And I can't look him square in the eye and say I'm good if things aren't good because if I say that, he's going to know. And so I needed that kind of accountability. I think when it comes to this kind of accountability in moderation and contentment, what we need is we need people that rely on us. Like for me, it's my wife. Um, and like she doesn't know that she's holding me accountable. But because she has an expectation of how we will live in our house, an expectation that we've created, um, you know, the little passing remarks that she will say um, that I get defensive about will remind me something's not right. You know, like, how many more games are you going to play on your phone before you're going to talk to me about your day? Or, hey, whenever you get done with that and you're ready to put it down, uh, I'll, I'll finish my conversation. Um, you know, or, or little things like that that are just reminders of uh, you, have a, you have a higher purpose. And whatever you're doing in this moment, watching a game, playing a game on your phone, talking to somebody over here, answering a message. Uh, there are these little pointed remarks that remind me uh, we expect more in our house. We expect differently mm-hmm. in our house. We expect differently in our relationship. And I will get defensive and, I'll, and I will pop off with some probably negative comment that is a rebuttal of why she's wrong about what she assumed I was doing. And then I'll turn it off, turn the sound off, close it, shut it off, put it away, and come do what I should be doing in the first place, right? <laughs> and it's like youth group. You know, the, kid, the kids get angry whenever you fuss at them for doing what they were actually doing. You no, know, I was how... not on Instagram. <laughs> I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> oh, no, I, I remember I had a girl in, my, in class. As I'm teaching, just says this. And then I'm like, no Snapchat in my class. I wasn't taking a picture. I'm like, you were liking, like, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. All right. So, yeah, those those points of accountability is, like, for me. And, and for everyone has to find what works best for them because everybody's so individual and has individual needs. But for me, when my wife does or says something that reminds me, um, I have a higher purpose than whatever it is I'm pursuing in this moment. Yeah. Um. You know, that is kind of what calls me back and reminds me, um, you know, we need to kind of reshape some things and get back into a habit and a practice of something more spiritual. Um, so, yeah, accountability is a, a really, really, really important part of of who we are. Kids can be that. Yeah. You know, well, um, especially as they get we older. We don't like them to be, but they'll be more honest with us than anybody else. <laughs> Let's let's just be real. I have you know even some of my youth group kids. They'll say stuff, and I'll be like, "That hurt," and then I'll and they'll be like, "But it was true, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah,", yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, there is no, especially like well, little kids. There is no, there is no, like filter on those kids. Um, 
they'll they'll just come right out and tell you. Well, so for mine, it's uh, you know, especially especially my daughter, you know, she'll say, "Ooh, I need this." I'm like, "Need or want?" Um, it's okay <laughs> to want things, but let's just be honest about what it is. Um, you know how many times that statement comes back to bite me in the rear? <laughs> like, "Ooh, I, I need, need a new camera. Hmm. I need a new shirt. I need a new hat." I, I, oh. <laughs> so, but they Shots do a good fine. job of you know, just calling back those things. Look, and like the temptation is for me to say, "Look, you're not my parent. You're my mother. You're not my father. You're you're not the boss of me. I am the boss of you." And sometimes we do respond that way, um, but even when we respond that way, the message is received. Right? There is that accountability that sometimes even our children will speak up and have those moments of truth where they just reflect the things that you've told them back to you. And, 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 and I will add and withstand the temptation to do it anyway, just in spite of you're not the boss of me. So I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Cause that is totally something I would do. And, uh, which is why we're talking about this. Well, so there is, uh, Oh, I just lost it. Um, I don't remember. There was there was an interaction that I had with one of my kids when they were young, and it was right there. I don't remember what it was, though. So we'll save it for another time. I like it. I like it. So it's human. <laughs> I don't know. No. No. <laughs> I, I, I can't do that much introspection in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Hard pass. No. Be accountable. Um, right. Oh, I do remember. Hey, your kids will tell you the places where you're deficient. Um, and you got oh. a young baby, right? Um, yeah, Aaron's listening. Sam, he's, uh, you know, he's in that very, very moldable stage. You know, there are things that you don't realize your children are picking up. And one of these days, your children will say something and it will dawn on you. I know exactly where he heard that. And I am ashamed that he has or she has just repeated those things. Um, be mindful. Uh, one time, Dustin <laughs> was in the, the pre-K class at Memorial Road, and they were memorizing the 23rd Psalm. And so every night, um, Dustin and I would sit down in the chair, and he would begin to recite the 23rd Psalm so that he could say it for Mrs. McBride um, when the time came. And Jody, my daughter, who was about three at the time, maybe not quite three, uh, she walks in the living room, and she says, I want to say it. And I said, okay. I said, come on up here, and I'll help you. And she looked at me, and she said, I don't need your help. And I said, okay. Well, in case you do, I'll be right here. And she said, Dad, I don't need your help. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And she went line by line by line. We had not been working with her on it. We've been working with Dylan, Dustin on it. But she had been um, just gleaning and collecting and absorbing all of those things. Um, and those things come back, right? Uh, the good things and the bad things, right? Everyone's when they say something, it's like, oh, no, you heard that. Okay, I really have to be careful of myself. And the same is true with, with contentment. We need accountability. Um, 
be careful. They say, you know, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Um, and that is true. Our, our kids, the people around us are absorbing the things that we are are saying, even when we're not saying it directly to them. Um, and they will hold us accountable for the things we're doing well, the things we are not doing well. The key for me is to be accepting of it um, and not defensive um, and just use those as learning tools. So, Absolutely. Well, well, that wraps us this part of it up. I believe we're next week. We're still talking a little bit about this issue of uh, of addictions and moderation and contentment. I believe now we're going to talk about maybe some more practical ways we can uh, avoid these things and some tips uh, for next week. But for now, thank you for joining us on the Crossways podcast, where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. We want to remind you, First uh, Peter 2, verse 21, For to this you have been called, for Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. We're so thankful for the Ministry League for allowing us to be a part of the Ministry League network. Download the app, update the app. There's some new things on there. We got PD and Friends. We got some new podcast. We got Johnny, um, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Mnemonic? I- I should know this. I'm in trouble now. Don't, <laughs> don't know. Hold on. I'll get there in just a second. And, uh. Is this the big news you were releasing? It was, but now I didn't write it down. That's what happens <laughs> when you don't write things down. It's, uh, he's a big shortstop in the MLB. Here it is. I'll get there in a second. Johnny LaMaster. There we go. It was, so Johnny LaMaster has a new podcast. Uh, he played in the major leagues. He has a podcast on our network. Um, so check that out. It's called A Short Stop with a Short Stop. Look at that. So check that out. Uh, next time we'll be a little bit more smooth at that. But until then, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great day. <laughs>